Hello and welcome uh, to the very first episode of uh, Sport for Change Dialogues. This uh, platform has been designed to curate and showcase uh, exemplary stories, interventions and campaigns narrated by change makers who are battling it out in the trenches themselves to improve societal outcomes through sport. Uh, and uh, we are partial to sport, but with other tools as well. Uh, in some form. In recent times, all of us know uh, some of these stories have been nothing short, uh, but uh, uh, the sheer courage um, and trial by the fire, as they say. Um, and for the very first episode of uh, a Sport for Change Dialogues, our special guest today is Annie George. Um, hello, Annie. Annie is the Sustainable Development Leader at uh, Decathlon, and uh, in this role, she has been leading uh, Decathlon's uh, community initiatives and social outreach programs. Decathlon, as you know, is one of the world's leading uh, sports goods uh, retailer. Uh, just a quick, uh, uh, our objective with the time today for next 40 odd minutes is to explore the notions of community uh, development and sustainability uh, through the lens of Decathlon, uh, since we have Annie with us, um, which and Decathlon as you know, has a very very unique position of uh, of all for or standing all for sport. Uh, uh, literally, literally speaking, that's one of their uh, key platforms as well. Uh, and we would like to dig deeper into the insights uh, uh, from some of their programs that they've implemented, both from um, the insights they have from uh, successes and spectacular failures as well in, in what they've been trying to do um, uh, from this. Uh, those of you who are joining live uh, for the session, the format may not allow us to open it up for questions later, but we will be sharing our email IDs. And if there are any burning questions, please mail them out uh, to us directly. So all in all, it promises to be a riveting uh, session to so buckle up your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. And let me um, start by welcoming Annie again to Support for Change Dialogues. Um, Annie, thank you for uh, being here. Pleasure is all mine, Parminder. I'm very happy and honored and humbled, actually, to be uh, your first uh, guest. And we all know what Sport Village has been doing, you know, and it's a long association. But super happy to be here. Thank you so much. So let me just start, uh, uh, just uh, just warm the context up, start a bit from your personal journey. I know that you have a background in communication. So what got you into development space? Let's just start maybe for everybody to get, get to know you a little better from that standpoint. Uh, you're saying that uh, you would like to know why I am in uh, sustainable yeah, what, development? Yeah, what, what prompted and what were the triggers that got you into the whole social outreach um, part uh, or development yeah. space? Okay, it's actually a very long uh, journey, but I'll just try to um, uh, you know see if I can keep it uh, short. And if if I'm really digressing, sure. you can tell me. Sure, sure. Um, so I think in the introduction, you know, you uh, I did share that I uh, have a bit of a defense background. So my childhood was um, in National Defense Academy in, in Kadkwasla. And anybody who's been in the defense, you know, you know the kind of space you have, you know the kind of uh, access you have when it comes to environment. And given the time that I was a child, you know, we didn't have a lot of wastage around us. You know, we used to walk instead of, um, you know, uh, commuting with car or, or scooter. Um, and um, you, you had gardens around for, you know, anything that you really wanted to throw. And there was really, um, you know, the, the pollution level, you could say, was 
not existing. And um, that was the first 15 years of my life, you know. So that's something that I always kept with me. And sport was super accessible. There was really no cost to it. And uh, it was not a competitive sport, but it was sport as a lifestyle. You know, you wanted to go swimming, you wanted to go up the hill, you wanted to climb up the tree, you wanted to walk somewhere, you know, it, it was all there. Um, then as I grew up, um, so that was my, you know, strong connect with sport. And then as I grew up, um, when I was hitting uh, maturity, you know, when I just became an adult, Latour happened, if you remember the Latour earthquake. Yes. And uh, I had the opportunity of associating, um, you know, with a mission who was doing some work in a village um, called Dapigao. And, um, you know, so that was my chance of connecting with education, you know, because they wanted to start a school. And um, uh, at that point, I kind of also connected with how it is not easy to have you know, basic education accessible to everybody, you know, and I still am associated with the school. So that was the sport and education part of it. And it just, you know, it was in my formative years. So it was something that I uh, said that, you know, this is something that should be available to everybody. You know, that was, it was as simple as that. And then life happened. And then uh, somewhere along the line, uh, when I was kind of deciding about a change in career, and that was the time when I said that I would like to see what I can do in sport. You know, and um, that was um, I was already in the uh, in an organization that had a connect with sport. Um, but then I said, like, OK, if I want to be at grassroots level, where could I go? And um, the decathlon happened. And, you know, the, but that was again the time when nobody knew what decathlon was. Um, and I had no clue, you know, that um, the offers that they were doing. I mean, basically, you know, making sport accessible. It was it was not something that anybody around me knew. And I made this trip to Bangalore and I saw what they were doing and totally fell in love. And I said, OK, this is a place I would like to be. And as you said, you know, I initially when I started, I started the uh, journey with communication. Um, but then I gravitated towards um, uh, social engagements. You know, we, we, we were not um, CSR was not there. We really didn't need to do uh, because we were mandated. But we said, like, what is it that we can do beyond? And, you know, people in decathlon, I mean, we're all people who have joined the company because there is a passion or there is an interest with sport and you really want to see what you could do or how you could offer. And um, so I was connected with the uh, initial engagement was uh, a little bit more with this uh, social uh, aspect where we were saying that, okay, can we see what we could do beyond just having our playground, uh, playgrounds available? And um, then by about 2015, 2016 was the time when, you know, the focus on environmental access became very strong with the Paris Agreement. And um, Decathlon also being the kind of organization and um, also because, um, you know, uh, we are from France, there was this whole um, focus or um, ambition uh, for us as a company to see how we could also reduce our impact on um, the environment. You know, and then so there were a lot of opportunities coming in because we were in India, we are actually, um, um, you know, very integrated. So we design, there are certain uh, uh, sport that we are actually uh, building in India. We design totally uh, for India, which is like cricket. Uh, we also produce in India. We have the warehouses and we have the retail. Um, so being so integrated, there was a lot of work to do. And we said, OK, we need to now start working on um, uh, ensuring we develop in a more sustainable manner reduce our uh, environmental footprint as well. Uh, so when the opportunity came up, it was very uh, natural and very organic for me to say that, you know, um, is, if there is and, you know, amongst the players who were uh, eager, uh, I was one of them. And uh, from the last three years, I have been 
leading the sustainable development project for india brilliant thanks that's, that's how that, it happened no i think very interesting no in fact i'm not sure if you recall but i remember first meeting back in 2016 17 um, uh, at your store i think by the bangalore airport um, i vividly remember at that time your valiant attempts to get children from neighboring villages to access uh, playgrounds high quality sporting experience at your stores so and i'm sure over time it graduated to uh, deeper engagement with the community uh, as we go but that actually brings me to my next uh, question and very important one at that in fact a lot has been said uh, about uh, putting purpose before profit in recent times uh, corporate uh, business context uh, basically how do you align your csr or social programs with the core purpose of the business not just to the profits operational gains or reputational management and most businesses that i know have struggled with this alignment uh, one way or the other um it be i think useful to know how the cathlon approaches sustainability and how are you aligning your social outreach um whether it is a community programs or employability to the core purpose of business even as you scale your retail footprint operations across the country and you're unique as you know you are a sports business and you also use sport yeah. to drive sustainability and the social outreach so so i think it would be good to know how you're approaching this whole framework um so um i i think what i'll try to do is because when you also mentioned csr social sustainability so sustainability for me is holistic it is planet people profit and uh, even for decathlon um you know as i mentioned the trigger or the impulse you know with with greta as well came in around you know 2016 2017 you know there was this major acceleration that was happening and you know a lot of pressure coming in even from bottom up you know saying that what are we as an organization doing um you know for sustainability uh, but i'll also try to make sure that we don't digress too much because the topic today is sport for change um, um but to say that how are we driving the entire thing i think we can say it's the culture um you know that is something that i will have to bring in because um we have always for the past uh, 40 45 years we've been a very human organization you know we are an organization that actually um uh, gives a lot of responsibility to people and um in fact uh, i'll also tell a little story about um, um michel leclerc who's the founder of um, um of decathlon uh, when he formed decathlon um you know it was he was initially work, working in oshon and when he um founded decathlon it was just by chance that you know he he uh, founded a sports company it could have been anything else but thanks to uh, uh, you know it's it's uh, grateful that he decided to do sport um but when he did it one of his first things were about how we could offer opportunity for people to take up more responsibility you know it it was more on that it was more about how people can um take up bigger responsibility how people could get the opportunity more about autonomy you know it's it's always been people centric and as i said that you know decathlon is uh, pretty much everybody who works over here is connected with sport so it's it's more about a sport user to a sport user you know it's um, by a sport user for a sport user you know we have um you know, that kind of a connection so as far as people was concerned it was always a big part of um, you know uh, uh, our mindset and profit is is uh, is normal because uh, without that then it's a little difficult to you know be in so many countries and and um, kind of make it so accessible 
Um, then the environmental or the planet part of it is something that came on very strongly in the last, oh, um, I think, about five to six years. You know, and we said that, no, we know that we have a responsibility to ensure that we reduce our um, emissions and we reduce our impact on the planet. You know, so uh, the approach, it's been quite gradual, um, but it was always, you know, people and profit. And now we are also uh, focusing uh, more, if not um, as much on planet as well. Uh, that was that is one part of it. So our purpose used to be to make sport accessible to the many. Now it is to do it sustainably. You know, so so the mind the intention is is very clear. Um, so when any teammate is getting inducted in, they know that. And we seem to have lost your audio for some reason. Um, if you can hear me. Yeah, we'll wait for any to join back. Uh, I think while she's joining back, let me read through this, which uh, which I had uh, uh, put out in terms of the the purpose behind uh, decathlon. So decathlon is dedicated to helping, inspiring, and guiding you through your sports experiences. We believe that discovering new sports and being active is an important part of life and living well shouldn't be just for a privileged few. The power of people and positivity is at the heart of our business. Now, this is an interesting uh, context because uh, I think what Annie was just saying, uh, the whole idea of uh, not you know, leaving sport only for privileged few, but for uh, how do you provide access to all. And, and the power of people, I think she was just getting started with that. So I'll just, uh, good to have you back, Annie. So uh, I was just trying to, uh, you know, just read out one of the statements or purpose of Decathlon to uh, just highlight some parts. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's always been about uh, making sport accessible. And then we said, you know, we have to do it sustainably. So yes, uh, I think um, uh, the approach of people, planet, uh, profit is something that we are, you know, very, very um, uh, conscious of um, uh, uh, today. Uh, it's there in pretty much all the challenges that we do and the strategies that we are trying to uh, implement, you know, and in fact, um, it would be interesting for you to know that we are also scored on that, you know, initially a country would be about the turnover they make or the profit that they make or the number of teammates they have or the products that they sell. Um, today, it's also about the access um, or the uh, actions that and impact that we are having on planet people profit. Um, but also, I think I'll say, Parminder, um, uh, sustainability has been one big factor, but pretty much 17 years ago was the time when we started working in the community. And this was with the Decathlon Foundation, you know, and the foundation has been there in about more than 50 countries today. And we have more than 500 projects. And um, in India, we've been present since 1999, actually. Um, the retail started much later. Uh, but we did have a lot of projects even that point in time. And um, our initial, uh, our projects have also been re related with people. So when anybody wants to do a project, it is actually a teammate who says that, you know, I would like to do this project because I want to see if I could contribute to this particular community. And then they make a pitch. And when they make a pitch, you know, we say, okay, what's the kind of budget you're looking at? What's the kind of timeline you're looking at? And then um, they do the project, you know, so the initial community engagements uh, were there, you know, a little before we came, uh, more, we became more formalized about, 
you know, we need to ensure planet people access um, in our strategy. Right. So that gives us a good start. And I think, uh, and let me just pick a couple of points that you mentioned. In fact, one of the things which are important um, for all of us uh, who are doing work uh, in the society, one is the inclusion part, yep. whether it is, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned privileged few versus uh, everybody, um, or it is gender, um, or, uh, you know. So I think the inclusion is is critical uh, from, from uh, uh, from social programming standpoint. So just maybe, uh, you know, you mentioned about communities, schools, uh, as part of your people uh, piece. Mm -hmm. And uh, so just wanted to maybe delve a little deeper about specific programs that you have been running um, uh, uh, with the communities that you have, uh, uh, that you support right now. Also maybe given that Decathlon has a very, very long experience globally uh, compared to your, I think fairly young in India from that standpoint. Uh, have there been any stories that uh, you have tried to translate back into uh, the country? So that's a segue from the same question of what we are trying right now and what uh, also you're translating from global uh, context to Indian. It may be useful to know about that as well. Okay, so uh, whether it is in India or globally, um, we kind of the frame is same. You know, okay. it is, as you said, um, uh, sport for inclusion, uh, sport as opportunity. Um, we connect with education as well as um, uh, skills, you know, so, so ideally the frame is around this, it is sport because we are, um, there are not too many organizations that use this tool and, you know, are able to make the contribution. So there have been a lot of deliberations, should we go beyond, but we said, okay, it makes a lot of sense in giving back with what we have got, you know, and the sport has given us a lot. So what is it that we could uh, probably offer? Um, so. Um, so even if, you know, if you look at uh, Italy, uh, they actually have a wheelchair um, basketball, you know, initiation. So it could be sport um, uh, for differently abled. Uh, in Morocco, there have been stories. Uh, there, there was a very good initiative about, um, you know, getting some girls to go to school because of the distance. Um, we donated some cycles, you know, so it was, again, uh, sport for education, you know. So uh, we, we have um, the context remains the same. Um, in, in France, there are a lot of, um, you know, football related program with the migrants, you know, so uh, in India, we are working, um, one of our oldest program or community program is from Calcutta, you know, so we kind of engage with an NGO and they work in a community and we see how we could, you know, contribute to them. Um, um, we, we try not to only be sponsors, we want to be a little bit more involved, which is not something which is, um, which sometimes people like, but, uh, you know, because it, it's more about, you know, uh, ensuring that uh, the values are uh, aligned and, you know, the impact that we're looking at uh, is, is uh, same. Um, so it's, it's normally sport, inclusion, um, livelihood, um, and education, you know, and then the choice, like in India, we have made a selection. It was, a, it was again, co-written co um, with different teams. We, we do a lot of this co-working thing. And I, I think you've also experienced, you know, we involve everybody uh, to see how they, they can, um, you know, how, what is it that they would like us to do. Um, so one of the uh, couple of the activities that we decided on um, uh, was to work with uh, children, because we also felt that, you know, while, uh, we have over 80 stores across the country and then we have warehouses and also um, we work with um, uh, suppliers. Uh, not everybody around our stores walk into our stores. 
you know so we said that there seems to be a lot of uh, children who don't you know either they are they have a lot of inhibitions or there is not a lot of maturity awareness you know sometimes maybe the store look, just looks like a warehouse you know and they, and they don't want to uh, they, they don't think it's a store um you know but we we also wanted to see how we could break that barrier and you know get them into the store um so in india we the, the children was was one of them and we said we all know that the government schools are not very well equipped not all of them are some of them you know uh, the model schools are quite interesting but not all of them have are equipped with physical educator physical um, um you know classes you know or or doing sport and the second one we said is that we see a lot of skilling program is some or youth skilling is something of a challenge and we kind of felt that there were a lot of people, children or youth who were interested in sport but were not able to crack that employability you know they were not able to crack interviews or get into mainstream so we said okay how is that possible you know so then again we kind of decided to work um, in this um in the sphere of and again both of them are not pure i mean they are not actually csr engagements so the interesting part is that the city or the store is willing to make that investment on some of the youth who then you know um, kind of have a journey with us for about 2 years after that they could decide to um, you know work with us or uh, they could decide to uh, you know move elsewhere right so are there uh, so uh, are there any stories because you know when i walk into decathlon store and i see um these very very knowledgeable passionate uh, mm-hmm. um people teams who manage your um stores are there any so are you saying that there are people uh, kids from this program uh, that you run who actually graduate to become uh, paid employees of decathlon is that the intent as well yes yes in fact our oldest program would have started um, you know we did do a lot of trial and error and as we said that it was not pure csr mandate and you know it was not because um, we had to we, we just wanted to see in case if it was possible for us to integrate some of um, uh, the youth from the community and see how the programs could be built uh, so the oldest program would be um, i think we started somewhere in 2012 2013 and if i'm not mis- there, there are a couple of people since that time as well so um, while the initial program was in calcutta then about 3 years ago we started another program in bangalore and actually this year uh, starting this year we were all set to actually start another program in delhi um but i mean that is kind of put at ho- um, in, um, on hold right now um so the children who have joined us from calcutta or who joined the program in calcutta actually um have even gone to different cities so it's not necessary that you know they have stayed back in uh, calcutta uh, there are some who have gone to indore there's some who have gone to lucknow there's some who have gone to delhi um some even who have come to bangalore so you know now they are on mobility so one thing um you know just earlier we were just uh, exchanging we said if you look at some of these youth who came in as youth you know today have actually got married and have their children you know so so it's it's kind of um, you know been quite fulfilling to know that they have also managed to you know make a life uh, uh, not just professionally but also develop on their personal fronts you know yeah so yeah we do have these kind of stories you know brilliant i mean that's that's really so in fact that also begs the question and i had that in mind to ask you uh, you know a lot of uh, um corporate and even ngos uh, implementing partners worry about um the idea of impact that they might make or how do you measure impact um uh, whether it is uh, in the short term or long term change that you're looking at 
So clearly, I think the idea of uh, employability and having some of these kids who become youth and work with you could is one great example of that. But do you have a internal framework rubric? How do you see? Uh, how do you measure the change that you are trying to bring in communities and uh, or schools or, or other programs that you have? Yeah. So if you if I you know if you're talking about a dream, obviously we you know we would have liked to see the the sport for school children integrating into an employability program and then you know them uh, at the end of the day. Um, you know, working or being employed with Decathlon. Um, for now, I wouldn't say both of them are very well connected um, because it's um, the children that we engage with um, are very young, you know, so they are in the age group of um, probably 11 and 12. And the employability youth are normally in the age of 15 and um, uh, 16 and 17. Now we are also looking at uh, employability in the age group, you know, who have completed the education but have still not been able to find skills and you know are not equipped, you know. So we are, we are increasing that age group. So that journey, I'm not so sure, but of course, as a dream, why not? You know, you you kind of uh, adopt a school and then the child pass, passes out of um, you know tenth and um, then you immediately joins the employ- employability program and then starts a journey in decathlon and probably even goes on to finish his graduation and you know so why not uh, look at something like that but I wouldn't at this kind of an example I wouldn't have um, in an absolute term but I do have one example I remember in um, in Whitefield we had some youth who were you know from the community and who used to come to Whitefield they were not part of any program but they would keep coming to Whitefield and you know uh, play on our play field and um, they were um, also engaged with um, they were exchanging with some of the uh, teammates the teammate uh, today is actually uh, he went he went on to Chennai and now what I just understood is they were they were the, and they were very good runners these boys were very good runners so what we would do is we would sponsor them for running you know so they would or and buy these kits and all it was not it was no program it was just a goodwill of somebody in the in the store who wanted to do something like that and today uh, one or two of them have actually joined the Banagata store. You know, so, so you, do, you do have these kind of, there are many local stories, you know, and because uh, each of them are doing it in their own way, there are many uh, stories, you know, uh, which always, and every every teammate or every store leader will, will have some story to share. Right. No, I think this is an important facet uh, of, uh, especially in sports, as you know, um, most of the people that, or kids who set out to become athletes, mm-hmm. at some point will be back looking for a career in some form or the other, because the success percentage is very, very low uh, in exceeding at the highest level. So if there is a way for them to, and but they are enthusiastic about sport, and they, if there are options to engage um, uh, in some form, they want to stay engaged there. So this is a great gratifying story that they have, uh, you know, that you're running this program. And as uh, the program scales, there'll be more and more um, kids who may find uh, employment where their heart is so which is great to know um uh, and the other thing i want to check with you given that in recent times we all have been struggling um uh, given covid uh, pandemic uh, related issues to stay afloat and in fact have changed dramatically in terms of uh, both at business front on how we um do the profit piece and as well as on the uh, social programming social outreach front on how we uh, engage uh, some of our uh, beneficiaries or people that we are uh, worried about. So, uh, any any uh, uh, you know stories from your side and how you've had to change played by the year last couple of years 
um, anything that is in insightful or uh, any failures that you saw uh, in some form. But I would be more interested in any uh, uh, one of the things that you think will stay on, uh, and those were the learnings and and pieces from which I think you think will stay on for years to come now, regardless of COVID. After having gone through this, so I think. Um, uh, okay, uh, let me just see if I can. Challenges, of course, have been the fact that we had to put um, the program um, that we were very excited to launch a year back on hold. Uh, in fact, uh, we built it with you. Um, you know, it was something that we were doing for a very long time. And I wouldn't say that's not going to happen, but that's something now we have to put on hold and hopefully we would be able to do it next year. Um, the, there are many um, interesting things that did happen. So the way we engaged with people were, of course, it was, you know, COVID, I, this is an impact that everybody had. You had to stop your own programs and then you had to kind of figure out what else you could do. And it was, of course, right. You know, so one of the most interesting one, and you have also showed it um, in the loop that you were playing, was um, a product of ours, Easy Breathe. You know, uh, that's an, an innovation product. It is, a, it, it is our IP. It is an innovation product. It's actually a snorkeling mask. And when COVID started and, you, you know, we heard what was happening in Europe and uh, especially in Italy and Spain, um, this was one product that was immediately taken and ad um, adapted, you know, so there were some people who made some, so the IP was with us. So they just asked us, you know, in case if, it, if we can let them know, open the um, uh, design and, you know, figure out how it can be adopted. And then it was, you know, thousands and thousands of masks were used uh, as PPE, even ventilators. And um, uh, uh, and even for respiration, you know, for the uh, for the I think the oxygen, but mostly for uh, PPE and uh, the ventilator uh, for the first uh, uh, in Europe, and then we did the same thing in India as well. You know, so um, here also different hospitals, while they didn't use it as uh, ventilators, they used it as PPE. Um, but I think what is interesting was to know that something that we have designed, and which was actually the intention was something very different but could be, you know, in a crisis ad, uh, adapted immediately and it could actually save many lives and be useful um, to, as we say, uh, uh, people, you know, so that was um, one thing. And so it, it also just says that, you know, the products that we could have, uh, that we make for one purpose could, could also be utilized. We are not, we are, we are not medical specialists, you know, but that, that, that was something which is very interesting. Um, uh, one of the other challenges was we tried to adopt um, you know, or uh, try to change the way we um, do um, the Sport for School Children program uh, digitally. And uh, we did come up with the program. We came up with different modules and, you know, we said, okay, this is how big planning. And, you know, we said, okay, this is how we will do it. Create these kind of WhatsApp groups and, you know, talk to the teachers. And then, uh, but it was not something which went through at all. You know, it was, um, it's not possible. I do, you know, you can say whatever you want to talk, say about the digital transformation, for a few, but not for the many. And uh, probably it's also not something, you know, any, any, um, uh, that kind of a constraint, we'll, we, we need to see how to shift it, shift it out. You know, you have to get children to the playground, you have to get people to an open space, you know, so that is something also, uh, what I would think uh, was um, uh, important. The, um, uh, the other thing is that all the NGOs that we associated with were also NGOs who we normally associate with for sport. You know, so normally our engagement with them is for sport, but all of them had started working in their community. 
you know, so whether it was to distribute some ration, whether it was to distribute some blankets, whether it was to give some kind of a shelter, there was this a hurricane, I think that had happened in Calcutta. So to rebuild houses. So these were all NGOs that we actually associated with, we normally associate because of sports and, you know, um, the development activities that we do, but all of them changed their course and, you know, came through um, uh, basically for people, you know, so that was something I think that's here to stay, you know, so whether, um, but, but I think it's also the mindset and the values that that sport brings, you know, uh, and that's also one of the reasons why we say that sport gives a lot, you know, there's a lot that sport offers. Um, sure. No, thanks. That was, uh, I think, uh, pretty frank in terms of what worked what didn't work for you uh, from a, and this digital uh, programming is a tough ask, and especially in a, a physical area like sport, we ourselves have experience, it's not easy. Uh, and we need to prioritize on what digital can be used for and uh, what can only be done by physical uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, and maybe use both in some way to, to close the loop in some form. So, uh, so uh, that brings us to the, uh, the last uh, uh, point that I had, at least in my list, uh, uh, anyone, it was any, um, you know, counterintuitive or half dopey predictions that you think you could make, especially when it comes to sport and using sport as a tool to drive change uh, in next uh, two, three years. I mean, if let's say we were to have this session again after a year or two, uh, what, what would we be discussing uh, at that time? Yeah, but I mean, like you, I am a hardcore optimist about sport and I am a beneficiary uh, <laughs> from sport, you know, I mean, um, so I, but I'm somehow, yeah, it was a little disappointing when this whole pandemic happened and there was not a lot of focus or attention given to sport or physical fitness, you know, I mean, physical activities. Uh, but I was a little surprised because a lot of uh, developed countries were talking about how you need to be active and WHO had given out this whole thing that, you know, minimum 150 minutes, um, the adults should be doing this, every child should be doing this, you know, and these are the kind of activities that you can do. And uh, a lot of people around me were managing with a family in a small, you know, one room hall as well, because the initial pandemic was a, was a lockdown and you were not able to go out and they managed to do it. So it's not impossible. I was very, I was a little surprised, you know, that we were not talking more about um, how possibly, um, you know, sport and physical activities can contribute towards health, uh, mental health and um, uh, physical health. You know, so I think that is something, uh, uh, some kind of a gap. So yes, there is one aspect when Olympic happens, we get very happy about, you know, uh, winning. Um, this year was the best for uh, for uh, India, uh, both uh, in the Paralympic and the Olympic. Um, but that, that is basically the consequence of, you know, a good program that you have at grassroots level. Um, ideally, um, what for decathlon also, that's also the reason why we have said many, because we don't talk about, initially it was sport for all, all for sport. And then uh, it was about making sport accessible to, you know, everyone. But then we said it is, it, you know, the, the people who can afford and the people who are professionals don't need our support. And people who are just looking for very cheap products, again, don't need our support. But then you have this whole gamut of other people who need it. And, and it is also not, it's not excellence. It's not necessarily excellence. Excellence will happen, you know, but what you need to have is a culture, uh, a mindset, a lifestyle, 
where you have physical activity you know yoga is a big thing uh, it's it's very easily accessible information you know whichever language you want that is available walking doesn't take a lot of uh, um, you know um, uh, you don't need a lot of equipment and gears for that so i think uh, this sport for development as i said you know everybody knows it it contributes it brings you know a lot to a individual uh, sport for excellence we, everybody celebrates but i think sport for everybody is also something you know where, where we talk about just physical activity physical engagement to be uh, to have a healthier uh, mindset a healthier lifestyle a he- healthier um, you know um, i'm not saying that it's going to cure illnesses but i'm just saying that that is i think something that we could uh, focus on and and you did say about the digital because that that for me was a big disappointment we all talk about transformation and how the world is going to change but i don't think um, you know probably a hybrid and in some way or the other but i'm saying there is a lot of uh, talk about the technology and and shift yes it will happen but you know i mean for sport i think you need to be on the ground and you know you can't you can't be doing it on a screen yeah i think this this point that you made on uh, uh, you know the excellence program uh typically is highly visible um and i think most of us in fact even if you look at the impact or the outcomes it is very easy to showcase a podium finish uh then that you you know worked with these many children use sport to make them little better versions of themselves than they were earlier so is there a do you have a challenge dealing with this uh this conundrum of going all for sport actually easier to to let's say in, in courts reputation management or buying getting a business case uh, for the intervention you may be running versus this all inclusive um context that you run uh, currently mm-hmm. do you struggle with this creative stress uh, in terms of where to put your uh, attention time energy yeah you mentioned about impact even earlier and i, I didn't yeah. address it very difficult it's very difficult yes uh, as you said you know even when i mentioned about uh, some of the outcomes these these are all success stories of you know where somebody has won a gold medal and yes we want to see them on the podium but as i said that is going to be the consequence of you know many other things that are that are falling in place and having um, uh, so i think you know it's it's a struggle to figure out where we started and what is the impact but i guess there are a lot of spaces where you can and not in 6 months and not in 1 year and not in 2 years so it's it's a challenge that we have with ourselves as well when we say that what's the impact you know and and, and just after that you wonder like what is the impact and how can you change something within 6 months or 1 year but yes you should be demanding about impact because you don't want to have the chalta hai you know kind of attitude where you say that oh, it's not going to happen or you can't see it or you know um, it's not something that we can work now uh, but you should you should be demanding but probably also have some kind of a more realistic timeline on the impact part of it but i think the impact part of it will also be uh, you know you know as we say that if if children were to come to school if um, they actually uh, get better in in whatever they have decided to uh, take up um, or, or if you are talking about as a society a preventive you know instead of going to hospitals you know you have a healthier uh, uh, um, you know uh, uh, citizens i mean you know so so i think impact could be also translated in different ways you know the healthier the society you know that they are active uh, so probably you can but yes it's difficult but yes you need to have some kind of a demand uh, from your programs probably not a 6 month one year but you need to have some kind of a demand sure so thanks so i think that brings me to the end of uh, at least my list of uh, questions and 
the key takeaways just to summarize uh, some of the key points that we first of course is uh, aligning the purpose uh, with the profit uh, i think that's one example of how you are um, you know how you have been at least successfully doing it in context of sport um, second of course is long term change uh, the whole employability loop where um of course the vision is there and how do you now connect the dots to make it happen in some form and uh, third of course is that um, uh, you know uh, digital transformation or bringing about a, a single pony thing doesn't work uh, it has to be a combination of multiple things for a change to happen and uh, not pure physical or digital in some context so uh, these were i think great points uh, uh, that i at least personally make made a note of um so great thank you so much any for such an absorbing session and uh, more powers to you and decathlon for making sport accessible to everyone regardless of their social status gender ability and so on and thank you once again for being on the show and uh, have a good weekend to you and to all of the audience as well thank you parminder bye so good weekend everyone thank you for being here and until our next episode uh, cheers